0: The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Welcome to Know Your Bible. We're happy that you've joined us today to study the Bible, learn a little bit about the Bible. Uh, That's the purpose of this program. Uh, we're a little different religious TV program. Most uh, religious TV programs tell you what they think you ought to know. Uh, we ask you what you'd like to know. So this is a question and answer program. We take questions over the phone or on the uh, emails. Uh Those are on the screen, a phone number and a website. You can get in touch with us, either one. Uh, your questions if you call them in today they will go into our stack uh, we'll get to them just as quickly as we can uh, same thing with emails except with emails if you want we'll uh, get you an answer uh, digitally pretty quickly so uh, a lot of ways to ask questions but key is you direct the program you decide what we talk about here so give us a call give a log on and let us know what you'd like us to talk about let me introduce a couple of fellows who answer questions here today toby levering is here hi toby hi steve glad you're back and jeff martin's down there hi jeff morning steve glad you're up and ready to go here i'm steve tandy and we're going to answer as many of your questions as we can today but we always let you answer one first so here's your question for the day uh, who were the first two apostles called by Jesus? Jesus called twelve of them. Who were the first two? Number one and number two. And we'll give you the answer at the end of the program. See if you know that little bit of Bible history. All right, Toby. I think you yep. drew the number one straw today. Yep. So got a question
1: about the Bible? It's pretty I'll, basic I'll here. Know your Bible. Get so her started. Was, take it. Uh, why does the, what does the word Bible mean and why is it called that? <clears throat> the word Bible very simply means books. That's because the Bible, what we know as one book, is actually a collection of books. 66 in total, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, written and authored divinely inspired uh, by over 40 different authors, written over a period of uh, roughly 1600 years. Uh, all of those books dovetail together to tell the perfect story of God's plan for redeeming mankind. And it is a uh, book that has history, it has law, it has poetry, it has wisdom, it has the story of Jesus, it has the growth of the early church and the instructions for Christians under the New Testament, under the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Um, So that's why it is called the Bible, because it is a collection of books and uh, let's read a verse from 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verses 15 and 16 Paul writes you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness so that's what the word bible means that's why it's called that and uh, that's why we're studying it today
0: all right very good jeff gotta find a prayer for us yes
2: i um, uh, got a viewer who wants to know where the lord's prayer is located uh, i want to pray it over my meals uh, and that's a good thing it's a good thing to pray before meals it's a good thing to pray uh, and the Lord's Prayer, I'll just show the references on the screen, is located in Matthew 6, 9-13, and Luke 11:2 2-4. Uh, you can see those references there if you want to snap a picture or write those down or t- turn there in your Bible. Uh, but this is specifically the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Uh, and of course you can use this prayer before meals. Uh, you can use this prayer before bed. Uh, one thing that I would encourage you to remember is that the prayer itself, uh, just the words spoken without the heart, uh, do not have uh, some sort of powerful meaning, um, especially if our minds and hearts aren't present when we're, we're speaking those words. The Bible warns about vain repetition when it comes to prayer and a lot of times we find vain repetition when it comes to prayers and scripture in the Bible we find people who say those those things over and over and over again until they've lost their meaning until they're just saying them it's just noise uh, coming out of their mouths and we want to avoid that that's a vain repetition uh, so again I would encourage you my advice here is is to, when you pray this prayer when you pray any prayer is to prepare yourself to talk to god prepare your heart prepare your mind make sure you you know what you are doing uh... and don't say words just for the sake of saying them
0: uh... say them from your heart okay. yeah good advice uh, the lord's prayer is kind of a misnomer it's really the disciples prayer uh, yeah. the Teaching. lord didn't pray it he, he taught disciples they asked him mm-hmm. how do you pray and he said here's a way he gave him a model prayer so my advice to our viewer is uh, if you want to pray something before a meal uh, the Lord's prayer is a good model but technically like it says in it give us this day our daily bread uh, if you're praying it over your meal you ought to be saying thank you Mm -hmm. for giving us this daily bread Uh, so use it as a model change it a little bit and think about what jesus was saying and and use it so that's a good model prayer but it's not the only prayer we're supposed to (laughs) memorize and say that's certainly famous and got everything in there we ought to put in a prayer but uh, if you're going to pray it before meal just a little bit maybe be a good idea so my suggestion yeah, good suggestion. <laughs> okay, what do mine say here? Uh, how long are we going to live? Does the Bible set a limit on the lifespan of men? Uh, short answer is no. There's no hard and fast limit. Uh, there are a couple of verses that people sometimes take and think, okay, this this is a limit on how long people can live. Let me show you those. The first one is in Genesis 6 and verse 3. This is right before the flood, and God says, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Okay? Uh, some people look at that and say, Okay, that's the limit. Nobody's supposed to live longer than 120 years. A uh, couple of problems with that. Number one, that's not a hard and fast limit from the experience I think a few people have lived longer than that, uh, but more likely if you look at the context uh, what God is saying is okay i'm i've had it with man in one hundred and twenty years i 'm going to destroy the earth uh, I think he was talking about that that uh, he was given noah one hundred and twenty years to get the ark built and then he was going to destroy the earth so i don 't think he was talking about lifespan there but uh, even so, it's still not a hard and fast limit. The other one, which is a little closer to a limit, is in Psalm 90 and verse 10. And the psalmist says the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Uh, so if we look at that and say, okay, that's the limit. Well, how many of you know somebody that's over 80? Uh, so it's not a limit. <laughs> it's a rule of thumb. It's a general Statement uh, and it's still pretty accurate. <clears throat> uh, a few years ago, uh, not a whole lot of people lived to 70 or 80. Uh, today, more and more people live to 70 or 80. Uh, we've got a number of people at our church that are over 90. Uh, we see somebody every once in a while that's over 100. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had two funerals in a row one was 101 and one was 102. Uh, so it happens. So 80 is not a hard and fast limit, but still, if you look at mankind, it's a pretty good rule of thumb. Uh, Most people get to 70, and some people are strong enough to get to 80, and few people get to 90 or 100. Uh, I guess you could ask a life insurance company about that (laughs) exactly. They could probably give you the exact number on on all that and tell you how long people live, what the percentages are. Uh, So my answer is no, the Bible does not set a lifespan limit. Uh, Pretty good rule of thumb, according to the psalmist, is 70 or 80 years, maybe a few more. Uh, But no, we're not limited on how long we can live. All right. Uh, Correspondence course. Let's talk about a way to study the Bible. Uh, We enjoy answering questions for you each week, but uh, there's a lot in the Bible that uh, uh, we'll never get to on this program. Uh, The only way you can get there is sitting down and going through your Bible for yourself. And when you do, you'll find things that God has in there specifically for you uh, that we will never get to on this program. So uh, we advocate home Bible study, and we know a lot of our viewers already do that, and uh, we know some have never gotten in the habit of that. So we've got some tools that will help you get started and help you form a regular habit of Bible study. Here's a set of lessons. There are eight in this first course. Once you get through this, we'll send you a handsome certificate that says you got through it and graduated and gone on to the next course if you want to. You don't have to, but We've got other courses that are a little more detailed, a little longer, and that take you quite a while to study the Bible with Know Your Bible Study Tools. We've also got some online courses that we think are a a great way for people that are wanting to do some digital studies. Just log on to oneway.worldbibleschool.org, and they'll set you up with some online courses. You can sit down with your phone or tablet or PC and start studying the bible immediately so all those are great ways phone number website on the screen all the time use that and uh, let us get a bible study started for you all right, Toby. I
1: have a question about abortion. This is from the spiritual aspect of it. When, the question is when you have an abortion, can God forgive you? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. God can forgive and will forgive any sin uh in Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, the apostle Paul writes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So for those who are in Christ, uh one of the blessings of being in Christ is that you can have and be forgiven of any sin. The 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 we want to be careful here is especially in our culture is to be very clear on the idea that that abortion is a sin. It is a serious sin. It's the ending of an innocent human life and um, certainly uh is not approved by God in any way nor is any sin. Uh, God wants us to avoid sin because he knows it hurts us. He knows it's not best for us. And if you've had an abortion and you're deeply penitent over that, I'm, I'm sorry for that because it's, it's something you can be forgiven of. I think it stays with you emotionally in your heart for the rest of your life. And I know that that's Hard, but I want you to know that you can have peace with God and you can be forgiven of that sin through faith in Christ, through penitence, and uh, through confessing that sin uh, just as you would any other sin. In fact, in, uh, the Apostle John writes this in uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He says, and this is speaking to those who are in Christ, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we can take great hope in that, that if you're watching, whether it's abortion or or any sin, um, as you are in Christ, as you ask God for forgiveness, if you confess um, these things, and you acknowledge that it's sin, God promises, promises to forgive you that you can be forgiven through faith in christ that's the beautiful wonderful thing about being a christian and uh, i hope that can can give you some uh, some peace in your heart and so if you're not a christian uh, i would encourage you strongly uh, to study his word and to become a christian uh, so that you can have peace with god through christ hope that uh, helps you
0: Good answer. Jeff, what's your viewer after there?
2: Um, I've got a viewer that wants to know where does it say that good deeds cover a multitude of sins. I'm sure the, the viewer heard that phrase. I've heard that phrase before. Uh, specifically, this comes from 1 Peter 4.8, but I'm going to read a little bit of a different translation, uh, and we'll talk about where this comes from. But let's look at 1 Peter 4.8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So some translations uh, instead of uh, love each other deeply, have uh, charity or good deeds in the places, that place of that. But the most little, literal, sorry, translation is fervent love or deep love, uh, which would obviously include acts of charity and good deeds to one another if we were to deeply love one another uh, i think it would actually go beyond that but that's where that phrase comes from um... specifically
0: alrighty uh, yeah and good deeds don't cover up sins
2: no yes.
0: <laughs> but love covers or ignores sins Yes. I think it's the best way to. And how think we about act towards it. towards each other, yes. Yeah. 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 If you think about that with your your children, if the, they do something bad, well, you don't throw them out for <laughs> right. that. You, you, you kind of cover over it because you love them. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, one of those misquoted. Bible verses that we run into every once in a while. It sounds like it's in the Bible, but not quite not there. Quite. <laughs> We're not careful. We start thinking we can work our way yep. into heaven. Yes. Yep. Okay. Let's uh let's talk about Israel a little bit. The viewer wants to know, what does this ministry uh, believe about the future of Israel? Is God finished with Israel? Uh, and I guess the short answer to that is, I'm not sure this ministry... Uh, is sure what the future of Israel is. I, I know that a lot of TV preachers uh, make a living on this. There's a whole lot of TV preachers that that's their specialty is telling you all about the end times and exactly what's going to happen to Israel and how all of Israel is going to come to Christ and, and on and on and on and in the most mostly premillennial doctrine uh, <clears throat> a lot of TV preachers have that all figured out. Now, the interesting thing is that none of them agree with each other completely. <laughs> They've all got it figured out, but in a little different way, and that's because it's difficult to understand. Uh, it's not a clear black and white thing in the Bible that explains exactly how it's going to happen. Some of the things Paul says about Israel uh, <clears throat> and, and all of that is very difficult to to understand. Even Peter said that and he said some of the things Paul writes are hard to understand. So uh, this ministry doesn't understand it completely uh, would be my answer. God may have some divine purpose for Israel that uh, we don't know about. What we do know is that Israel being the chosen people has a meaning in the Old Testament that has been greatly expanded in the New Testament. The church is called the New Israel. Now let me just show you one verse that clarifies some of this for you. First Peter 2.9, Paul writing to Christians, he said, you Christians are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Well, all of those phrases, that used to apply to Israel, the Jewish nation. And they didn't think any Gentiles were in that. Uh, and then Jesus came along and revealed the, the truth, uh, had to reveal it to Peter, had to convince people that, yes, Gentiles are acceptable. And pretty soon Cornelius was baptized, and there were Gentiles in the, the church and so peter writes here and says the church the Christians, uh, they're now the chosen people they're the holy nation they're the royal priesthood they're the people who belong to god so as far as israelites and uh, ethnic jews and all of that what god's purpose for them is uh, uh, i don't think we're super clear on that but as far as who the chosen people are Uh, who is God going to take to heaven, all that. The Bible's very clear that that's the church, that's Christians, people who have put their faith in Christ and uh, trusted Him and obeyed Him in baptism. Uh, That's the chosen people now. So to answer our viewers' question, is God finished with Israel? I think He's expanded His view of what Israel is. Uh, And as far as the nation of Israel, what he Does he have some purpose for them? We'll find out. But uh, we know what the new Israel is and the way God thinks about the church as being the new Israel. All right, let me take this moment and visit, invite you to visit the Church of Christ near you. Uh, this program is produced by Churches of Christ and supported by them, and we like to mention some of our supporters each week. Uh, today let's talk about the Illinois market, broadcast out of... Uh, Rock Island, Illinois, and some churches up there around the Quad Cities and close. Help us stay on the air. The church in Sterling, Illinois, uh, Moline, and Muscatine, Iowa. All great groups of folks that uh, believe and think about the Bible like we do here on this program and uh, help us stay on the air to teach the Bible to people. So if you're looking for a church home, there's three in that area that would be great places to start looking. Uh, drop in and visit them Uh, you'd be warmly welcomed find a group of people that uh, study in the Bible a lot like we do so give them a visit whatever market you're in uh, there's a church of Christ near you probably and uh, go visit them tell them you're watching Know Your Bible and learned about them that way Uh, we think you'd be uh, welcomed and find a great group of folks so visit the church of Christ sometime all right, Toby's got another one here. I yeah,
1: want to know where does it say "ashes to ashes, and dust to dust"? Perhaps you've heard this phrase used at a funeral service at the graveside, uh, and some people think it's in the Bible. There's a phrase that's close, but not exactly. It's found in Genesis chapter three, verse nineteen, which says, "By this, this is God speaking to Adam uh, after his after his fall, uh, after his sin. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread." Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So that's pretty close. Uh, the actual phrase ashes to ashes and dust to dust uh, seems to have originated in uh, the first place we find it in uh, doing a little bit of research is in the 1662 Book of common prayer and that phrase is exactly found we therefore commit his body to the ground earth to earth ashes to ashes and dust to dust so the idea was taken from scripture obviously um, but it's just worded slightly differently uh, to give us the idea of of what is happening and to return us to uh, what scripture said originally but that phrase ashes to ashes dust to dust dust is not exactly found in the Bible, but uh, that's where it originated. It's the book of common prayer.
0: All right. We've had a couple today where people think something is it, the Bible, but it's not there.
1: Yeah. Lots of, <laughs> lots of things
0: like that. Quite a bit. All right. Uh, Jeff, you got the last one here. Okay.
2: I've got one from uh, one of the more rougher stories in the Bible, one of the more rough stories. Where did Lot's daughters get the wine to get their father drunk and did he know what he was doing? So again, this is one of the the, the those different kind of stories in the New Testament from Gen- Genesis 19. Sodom and Gomorrah, if you remember that story, had just been destroyed, uh, and only Lot and his daughters were spared. Uh, so they are are trying to find a place to go, and at this point, they're they're living in a cave, and his daughters were worried that they wouldn't be able to preserve their family line so they made a plan to get Lot drunk and use him to bear children that that is the story so this viewer wants to know where they would have gotten that wine specifically if they're living in caves so let's look at uh let's look at this verse Genesis 19:30 Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains for he was afraid to stay in Zoar he and his two daughters lived in a cave so Zoar um so, um, while we don't know for sure, it's most likely from, they, they got the wine from the nearby town of Zoar. We don't know, uh, what happened between events or, or how much time passed between events as we read this chapter. Uh, but they probably got it from the town of Zoar. Um, as far as Lot's knowledge, which was the viewer's other question, um, that, on that, the Bible's perfectly clear. If you go down in Genesis 19 to verses 33 and verses 35, it says Lot was not aware of when she laid down or got up. So the answer there is we know for sure um, that Lot did not know what he was doing. Uh, it's a little harder to figure out where they got the wine from. Uh, we can guess Zoar, but the
0: Bible doesn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, but figuring out where people got wine is an interesting thought. It's mean, an interesting question. It had to be kind of an accident the first time, you know. I mean, they squeezed grapes for mm-hmm. grape juice and. Somebody kept the jug a little too long and said, man, that tastes a little funny. (laughs) Yeah, somebody's sniffing
1: it like, should I try it? (laughs) To think of
0: where it come initially, absolutely, yeah. And then eventually they figured out, it makes you feel a little different. (laughs) But the Bible's interesting, the way it talks about wine. It uh, says some real good things about wine. It says it's a joy and uh, a blessing of God and all that. But it also says it's very dangerous stuff. Uh, warns against it, and especially about much wine. So uh, one thing we got to bear in mind is back in those days, what they called wine was probably more likely grape juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fresher grape juice was better than the sour grape juice. Uh, but then man figured out the way man does, the way to do things wrong, figured out how to make Wine and strong drink, and and all of that, to alter their senses. So, uh, and this story is another good example of yeah, bad things happen. It's bad bad when things you drink happen. Too much yeah, wine. Yeah, Absolutely, the Bible says a whole lot of really strong warnings about mm-hmm. strong drink and. Uh, um, somebody that does much wine as a fool and on and on. So, uh, yeah, interesting, the study of wine. Maybe we can talk about that someday. All right, we're pretty well out of time, but let's make sure we get our Bible trivia question answered today. And the question today was, who the first two apostles called by Jesus? And it happened to be a couple of brothers, Peter and Andrew. You can read that story in Matthew 4. Uh, Jesus called them and then uh, proceeded to call some others to come be with him, Peter and Andrew. That's uh, Andrew, not Andrews. We got the wrong uh, spelling there, but Peter and Andrew were the boys, uh, fishermen. So uh, let me remind you before we quit today, good, good day to sign up for that Bible correspondence course or log on and uh, get the online course, uh, oneway.worldbibleschool.org, org will get you started on that. Uh, both of them are a good way to get an overview of the Bible, uh, to understand how the Bible is laid out, to uh, start to get familiar with who the writers are and what the different topics are. Uh, we just introduce you to it, and the more you get familiar with it, uh, the easier it is to study it. And, uh, more regular habits you can get of studying the Bible. So use our tools, phone number and website are on the screen there all the time. Use those anytime to uh, give us a a ring or a log on. And so you want that free course. We'll get it to you. Glad you've been with us today and hope that you come back next week. Uh, We're going to be here answering some more of your questions. Until then, have a great week.